This episode of The Cutting Room is sponsored by Grass Valley's Edius 6. Check out the new Edius 6 at www.grassvalley.com. Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and this is actually Lauren's Render Files. Hi. And today we we got back from Edit Fest, as well as San Francisco. We were in LA no and trip. San Francisco, yes. Our crazy giveaway has been going on for the last month. We've already given away tons of stuff from Digital Rebellion, Motion VFX. This week we're giving away... We singulars. even had a separate giveaway at the pub night. Yes, it was super successful. Had, yeah, we had tons Really of, fun. What, did we have like 10 prizes to give away? I don't know. I was I was giving out drinks, numbers, all sorts of things. It's wow. crazy. You're giving out your number? Maybe. Oh, well, our LA pub night was a huge success. Oh, well, yeah. It was packed. It was it was the perfect amount of people for the space. Yeah. But yeah, it was like if it wasn't thirty people, it was pretty close, and we had like multiple tables of full discussions going on. It was great. Yeah, and uh, if you missed that one and you're in Toronto, we're having a pub night for uh, the Toronto International Film Festival, which is coming fast. Yes. So if you go to aotg.com and look to your right, you'll notice a few landmarks from Toronto. Namely the CN Tower. Oh, and uh, just click on that and you'll see where the pub information is. Excellent. What pub are we using? Jack Astor's. At Young and Dundas? Yeah. Oh. So, that all said, all that out of the way, this week we're actually giving away Singular Software's Pluralize and Digital Film Tools Photocopy. So part of that, we're going to interview Singular Software's Bruce Sharp from Vancouver, Canada. And he's going to talk about his software. Cool bit of your background in post-production and how your work evolved to create Singular Software. Yeah, I'm, and along with my wife, a part-time semi-professional videographer. And it started really as a hobby and then something we do as our kids were growing up and film the local dance recital and various events and things like that. And as you just show up with a camera at these things. People ask you if you do it professionally and could you help them out, et cetera, et cetera. So just kind of grew from there, but it was never a major focus for us. But certainly uh, along the way, I, I really came to realize the benefits of using multiple cameras for live events. Definitely wanted good quality audio. And so we were always recording audio with an external recorder. And as people started paying us for this stuff, I, I thought, you know, this synchronization step is really a nuisance. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go out and buy something that will help me do that because it it's just takes a lot of time and it's not fun. I uh, was very surprised to find that uh, there wasn't anything available. Mm-hmm. And my background, you know, my educational background is in mathematics and I worked for many years in various aspects of digital data analysis and so on. And I thought, you know, this should be a solvable problem. I should be able to make the computer do this. And so invented Pluralize to solve that problem. Now, did you take part in the coding yourself? As Because I know there's a lot of math in the coding. Yeah, I did actually do a lot of it myself and then had some help along the way from uh, some others, including my son, who is also very algorithmically inclined, (laughs) but uh, really uh, kind of dredged back through my experience, not so much as a hands-on researcher, but as a director of research Mm -hmm. and, and a sort of programming hobbyist, I guess, to draw on all that to figure out what the algorithm should be and put them together into a package that would work. Can you explain how the software is able to do multi-sync without time code? I mean, obviously without giving away your, your code or anything, but like, how does it work exactly? Well, the key insight was that 
the audio that's recorded along with the video and perhaps as, as separate audio could provide the reference information as an alternative to time code to determine the timing of all the different recordings. These days, almost all cameras have an audio capability, so you've, you've pretty well always got the audio. You can pick up the ambient sound from the room, whatever you're recording, and, and it's available for you. It helps to use a you know, more modern audio recorder so that the timing is pretty accurate, and most of them are really good these days, so that's not a problem. Most uh, video cameras have very accurate timing, so that, that's not a problem. And essentially, the, the trick then is to do the same thing that you would have to do if you had to do it just completely manually. You didn't have any time code, you didn't use clappers, you didn't do anything special, and so really all you're left with is looking at the audio waveforms, trying to match the peaks and valleys and that kind of thing, and, and that's what pluralize and dualize do. Okay, so they actually, they sort of assess the visual and, and the audio, auditory waveforms so to, and try to match it up? Yeah, they don't, I mean, you say visual, they don't actually look at any okay. of the visual content of the, like the video recordings. It's just strictly based on the audio. Okay. And, you know, pulls out all sorts of information from that to determine how everything syncs up. One of the things Singular Software did was you guys actually developed it for multiple platforms. What were some of the challenges that you, you faced when, when doing that? Well, the multiple platforms were indeed a challenge, and it's not just the difference between Windows and the Mac. It's also the difference between the host editing applications that we had to work with. So the first version that we launched was for Final Cut Pro and supporting both 5 and 6 at the time. This was about two years ago. But we wanted to also support all the popular, as many as we could anyway, all the popular uh, editing systems. So eventually got support for Premiere, Media Composer, Vegas, and Edius. We'd love to support even more, but ultimately we're dependent on what programming interfaces are exposed by the host application because we really have to have some way to hook into them to find out what sequences there are in the project, what clips are in the sequence, that kind of thing. And then after the synchronization is finished, to be able to send that kind of information back into the editing application. And it turned out that, you know, between Mac and Windows and then all those different uh, editing apps, it's, it's almost a completely separate effort every time. Uh, so it's, it's uh, it turned out to be kind of a big job. Now, one of the things, I, I watched an interview with you on MacVideo.tv, and during the interview, you, you mentioned that as you guys developed it, you would have users uh, submit video that was you were they were having trouble getting it to work, so that way you could improve the software. And I was wondering if you could describe one of the, the more difficult situations of sync that you faced. Yeah, that way of developing the software has been a really key uh, facet for us as to how, to how to make it better. The real challenge of getting the synchronization to work is not so much the idea that you would use the audio, but it's the fact that the audio can sound so different between the different recording applications because of the different mics, the different uh, equipment that's being used and just where it's placed in the room, all of these things. So that's why uh, even though we had uh, the basic concept working, we ran it through all our own test data and it was great, we really wanted to hear from people who were, who were having trouble uh, out in the field. In terms of the most challenging, probably where the product has evolved the most is in the area of the, the type of shooting that, for example, a, an indie filmmaker might do or uh, someone shooting a documentary, perhaps, where they have a whole lot of fairly short re recordings during a day or over several days uh, that they want to synchronize. 
uh, it's kind of surprising to people sometimes, but a short recording is actually harder for Pluralize to work with than a longer one just because there's less information there and there's more chance to kind of get it wrong uh, because the information is sparse. But uh, it's often the case when you're shooting that kind of a production that the takes will be fairly, fairly short. And sometimes there's not a lot of audio going on. There's some emotional quiet moment that you're you're filming. So those are, those have proven to be challenges, but it's it, I, I'm really happy with where we've ended up today. And uh, the, some of those productions have really become the showcase examples for how quickly and effectively we can sync. Uh, you know, some of the situations you run into with a music video, for example, uh, the band is lip syncing to their song, which is playing off some boombox located in the corner. So you're getting very poor quality audio from that. But meanwhile, the director's standing right next to the camera and kind of yelling things at, at the band as to what to do. So there's a lot of interfering noise that that can show up. Uh, and ultimately, in the case of the music video, you want to sync it to the original recording where none of that noise is present. So those are the sort of things that that have to be dealt with and that make the, the product truly useful uh, because it can cope with those, with that sort of thing. Now, you've, you've just released a, a new product recently, which is Presto, Singular Software's Presto. Can you tell me a bit about the software and how it came came to be developed? So Presto represents the next step for us in terms of automating post-production workflow. Uh, what Pluralize and Dualize do is a very specific you know, synchronization step. Presto uh, tackles much more of the complete end-to-end -end production workflow, but for a very specific type of production. Namely, it's one where you have a person giving a presentation with some PowerPoint or keynote slides. You want to capture all that and probably put it on the web or perhaps on a DVD or something like that. So sales presentations, uh, special interest group presentations, all sorts of uh, these presentations are going on all the time and, and it's good to be able to post them. We've done a ton of this kind of editing work ourselves and it, it, there's not a lot of scope for creativity in it. You just need to grab the, the stuff and cut it together and you'd like to have a, a nice looking and very legible result at, at the end of it one where you can see the slides, preferably from the, the good quality original PowerPoint slides as opposed to just a camera on the screen. Uh, you want to have uh, the presenter also in the frame somehow, but they have to be cropped pretty closely. You don't want to give them too much frame real estate, save most of that for the slides, that, that kind of thing. So it's a very tedious kind of edit to do. There's just a lot of keyframing and cropping and, and you have to find the right slides at the right time to, to change them up, that kind of thing. And at the same time, it's, it's one where you really want a rapid turnaround. Uh, if somebody gives a talk one day, you want it same day or next day on the web. So Presto was invented to solve all those problems and to give a very quick way to produce and, and well to produce those kind of uh, videos and to make them look really good uh, as well. So the idea is you go to the event, you put one camera on the presenter. And you got, kind of go fairly wide. And, you, you know, as if presenters tend to move around a lot, so you can track them a little bit, but uh, just keep them in frame. You put another camera, which can be any old bad, cheap thing, to record the screen because you're just going to use that for reference. It won't end up in the final production. And then you just be sure you, you walk up to the presenter afterwards and hand them a USB key to get the copy of their original slides. And then any other footage you have, you might have second audio and, and that kind of stuff. You dump all that into Presto and hit a button and it basically cuts all that together for you automatically into a presentation. It, it picks out the right slide at the right time because it uses image matching techniques based on the video of the screen. And it actually tracks the presenter as the presenter is moving around so that you get a nice smooth panning motion to keep them in frame and in the right place on the slide. It can reduce what can take 
you know, an hour or two or a long time for a, even a fairly short presentation down to just a couple of minutes of hands-off processing. Now, with the, with the recent launch of Final Cut Pro X and uh, Lion, what are some of the plans for updating the software to meet those, those new changes? Well, uh, in the case of Lion, we're good uh, with Lion. We've been testing for a while with the developer pre-releases there and everything seems fine. And I uh, haven't had, heard of anybody having a problem with uh, our products in Lion, so that, that's all good. Uh, Final Cut Pro X, uh, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern there because the developer specifications that we need to work with haven't been released yet. Apple has promised that they'll be out within a few weeks. Who knows what that time frame really means, but it looks like it's not not too far out. The way that Pluralize talks to Final Cut 7 and earlier Final Cuts is through a mechanism known as XML files and Apple events to get, to get that XML information. That's been apparently thoroughly rewritten, as has everything else uh, been rewritten for Final Cut Pro 10. So we really need to get those uh, new specs, and then once we get them, we'll uh, support it as, qu- as quickly as we can. We certainly got a lot number of requests from people very eager to see our product supporting Final Cut Pro 10. All right, now I have uh, two more questions. The first is... Where can listeners go to get your your software? Our website is the best place, singularsoftware.com. That's all one word and singular with an S. We have uh, trial versions for everything that we make. The trials are 30 days long, but they're not crippled in any way. They're fully functional, fully supported. Uh, We want people to take the puppy home and try it out and see if they like it. Uh, and that's all available there, as long with information about the products, video tutorials, and, and all that sort of thing. And then my last question, which I ask everyone I interview, is what's your favorite guilty pleasure film? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it probably changes week to week. Let's see, guilty pleasure film. Well, I did go see Transformers, Dark Side of the Moon. I don't know if I would call that a pleasure. I saw that this last weekend. I, I, it was... Um, let me put it this way. I'll watch any 3D film for the guilty pleasure. And this is probably an example of a film that really doesn't have a lot of other redeeming qualities other than the fact that the 3D is actually done pretty well. Uh, that's something I do as a kind of a side hobby as well. So I'm always interested to see how things are going and uh, not always uh, happy with what Hollywood's doing with 3D. Um, in this case, though, they uh, they at least didn't make uh, some of the more egregious errors that happened. Yeah. Thank you very much for letting me interview you. Oh, it was great to talk to you. So that was my interview with Bruce Sharp. Lauren? Yes, sir. What's happened with our uh, forward film review? I think it's over. I think we've given up on this one. Yeah. Do you want to reveal what it was? It was Australia, people. It was Australia with the amazing talents of uh, Nicole Kidman. And no one got it. No I one thought... got it. Yeah. No one got it. I thought it. the Down Under reference would have given it. Well, frankly, when you gave me all the clues myself, I didn't get it. I'm sorry. I know. It took well, a few guesses. And because then I this is the Lawrence out. Render Files, we're not giving out a new one, though, this week. Ew. So give everyone a little bit of a break. But I did. Maybe take a moment and rest your filmic brains. Yes. Just, you know, meditate on that. But I did get to give away a shirt. I gave it away yesterday. Yeah? To a uh, young lad named Don. Don. Or at least that's how he signed his emails. Uh, he found a small little error on our webpage and <gasps> helped us figure it out. And so we've sent him a shirt. Don, the super sleuth. As a thank you. Cyber sleuth. Yes. One thing that I thought was really cool was I saw on Twitter today that someone had worn 
one of the shirts mm -hmm. and was approached by someone in his own apartment building, I believe it was, or maybe it was office, no, it was apartment building, wasn't okay. it? And the shirt was an Art of the Guillotine shirt that says, fix it in pre, and the guy said, are you a post guy? Because he was a post guy. Great networking opportunity. Yes. Get a shirt. <laughs> Store. Do yeah. it. Well, I mean, that, and we also got our first fan art. <gasps> what? Yeah, it's on the fridge. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Wow, it's uh, shocking. Yeah, no, I was like picturing a, a artist's rendering of your face or something. Yes. So I don't know if we're allowed saying who it is because he is underage. Yeah, he's a minor. But his. But he's always in my heart. Yes, but his father, Eric. You're awesome. Uh, who uh, is a listener? He's been listening. He closed the pub with us. He closed the pub with us, and he brought the uh, drawing for us. And it's amazing. And uh, let's just say that his son is a hockey player, and our new goal in life is to attempt to get this drawing to the Stanley Cup. Yes, and I have to say... Which is j actually just down the street from where we are. Yeah. <laughs> We've brought that drawing. It's a hockey-inspired uh, piece. Yes. We've brought it to the hockey capital. Yes. Well... Some might say Montreal, some might say Well, in, in Montreal, it's a religion. Here, it's it's more politics, I guess. Yeah. It's um, kind of... It's kind it gets, of sad. It gets, <laughs> it's sad, and it gets kind of riotous at times. Well, that's Vancouver. Well, and here. It gets a little amped up at times. Yeah. But um, anyways, the point is, awesome picture. Yeah. And was so excited to receive it. It's on our fridge. Yeah. And um, we'll probably be sending him a little picture of it on our fridge or... Um, or with Lord Stanley's Cup. Or with Lord Stanley's Cup or with Buster or something. Yes. Who knows? But um, why say hi to all the people that I met at the event at the pub night? Because Gord gets to go to all the fancy stuff and meet all the people. And then everybody is like, oh my gosh, are you Gord Burkell? Is Lauren here? <laughs> which I never am because I'm never invited and I invited myself to the pub night and it was fantastic to meet everybody Yeah, and totally steal them away from all the networking opportunities they could have been taking advantage of at the thing but oh I've got so much to say Gord <laughs> segue but I think it was Troy on Twitter yes. today who's a Torontonian I believe yeah however uh, Troy lovely guillotine head that he is message saying that he understood what I was saying when I said that I feel guilty stealing people's time when they're at networking events because I can't get you anywhere or anything and yet they might spend some time talking to me. Well, Troy, if you find that it's difficult to do the networking schmoozy thing, which I hate doing anyways whenever I have to do it for work, I learned something very interesting at the pub night. Jamie was there who's awesome, and I actually asked her if she minded me mentioning this, but she was saying that she hates kind of doing the schmooze thing, and I'm sure it's a... I think this, a lot of editors have trouble. I was going to say, I'm sure it's an issue for editors because it's this solitary sort of a job, and uh, she had started engaging with a lot of the editors before she came to Edit Fest online with Twitter and stuff, so that when she got there, she already had established sort of relationships or they kind of knew who she was and it wasn't so much schmoozing as much as catching up so dude troy and can is there some way that we can get troy to show up at the pub yeah troy come to the pub 
See what I did. Okay, because I, I won't lie. Yes. I, the first time I went to an event, I was really, 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 really nervous. Yep. Gord, right. Gord's only, um, the best thing about doing uh, the pub night is that Gord organizes it so people have to talk to him. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm a very, um, I get really nervous in large crowds, not like I'm going to freak out, but in like, I don't know who to talk to. You tend to sit back and watch yeah, as opposed to engage. I like engage. to observe. Yes. Um, but when I start going to industry events, the thing I started doing was giving myself uh, rules. Yes. So when I went, I had to, had to come away with a minimum of 10 business cards. And then the next time I went, 15 business cards. Yeah. And then for each business card, I had to memorize what the person did and email them back and try and build a relationship. Yep. Um, and it's it took me a while like... to figure that out and really work my butt off on it. Because like I said, it's kind of weird to walk up to someone you don't know and be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's kind of, um, you, you kind of have to picture yourself or pi picture Gord at an industry event as if he's in a some sort of a bet with a fraternity brother to get as many numbers as he can in one night. Just go up to whoever you can and get that number. And uh, But instead you're doing it for work's purpose. But you know what I found, which was really interesting, was at first, when, when the, the evenings usually start out, everyone's sort of by themselves. Yes. And then... Or the people that know each other just gravitate to each other like exactly. magnets because they don't want to have to branch out either. But you'd be surprised at who you'd meet by just walking up to them. And totally. It's funny because I'll never forget one of the first industry events I went to was with a company called Sim Video here in Toronto. I walked up to this guy who was just sitting there and it was the owner of Sim Video. And then I, I mean, when I got into the industry, I was 17. Yeah. And I was very, very young. And... So I told him this, that I was really nervous. He took me around to every single person he knew mm -hmm. and introduced me and then gave me his business card and told him to call him and make sure because he, he's like, it's really hard to meet people. And so he went out of his way and that was, but that's just the thing. You don't know who's just sort of just standing there. Yeah. And I find, you know, when I, because I had nothing to lose at the pub night because I really wasn't trying, I didn't need to push my career or anything i was really just there to meet people and have fun and whatever which i think actually a lot of people uh like are the guillotine folks they just happen to meet the people at the pub night but i think they're actually there for fun what was great was that then i could kind of watch the room and see okay who's by themselves and rob try to pull rob rob ash showed up a bit late the one who who put rob in the corner oh right nobody puts rob in the corner <laughs> That's right. So I could just kind of sit back and keep an eye on the tables and see if there was anyone that was looking like they're excluded and either make sure that they were incorporated into someone else's conversation like Gord's or whoever's or pull them into my conversation because what you need to do if you're by yourself rather than be, you know, a little bit reclusive, which is your instinct, is kind of try to see if anyone's giving you a look of, you know, come over and join us because I imagine somebody will. And if you're an of the guillotine person, it is your obligation to invite others into your conversation. I demand it of you. <laughs> Be nice to people. Now, I do have to say one thing about the pub night. Um, Jamie. We loved you. you well, we loved you. But um, you must own many horseshoes. Yes. And four leaf clovers. She has won three prizes from us. 
Yes. I think we're going to have to remove her name from the ability to win Art of the Guillotine stuff. She could, with the fabric she has, make a Art of the Guillotine bed sheet set. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, yeah, she's been very lucky. She has three shirts now. Mm-hmm. And we gave out some other shirts that night. Um, Bobby Osteen's book. Bobby Osteen's book, which was awesome. And Bobby was there. And she Got signed to meet it. her. She's really lovely. And the Healthy Edit. Yeah. John Rosenberg's John Rosenberg's. Book. Yeah. Who couldn't make it last minute. He got called in for a healthy edit. Well, look at that. If, you, if you've if you ever been in a fixer or an editor, edit doctor, mm-hmm. you know, he got called in to fix something. So There you go. And then we had a last minute edition. Yeah. Moviola. Yeah. Moviola t-shirt was uh, submitted, which was fantastic. Very generous. And there was more than that, wasn't there? We had the contour shuttle. Yeah, that's right. And thank you to Heather from uh, Contour. Yeah, awesome. And there might be one at Toronto. Holy crap. uh, As they were very pleased with the response. Super. So just think, all those of you that couldn't make it to LA, first of all, either you were very busy, you were not in the city, or you couldn't be bothered. But... Think of all the opportunities you missed. Mm-hmm. All that swag. I feel like probably 80% of people went home with something. Yeah. And so, um, and we went home with just big old smiles on our faces. One last thing for Toronto. Yes. If you're in Toronto for the Toronto International Film Festival. Yep. And you're an editor, please come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that uh, would be something to one know. One of the things were... Or if you're in uh, Montreal, New York or, or somewhere... Come on by. We're yeah. not a bad city to visit. No. People, like, we loved our road trip between uh, L.A. and San Francisco, but pff, you've got to see the road trip between Toronto and Hamilton. Now, uh, if you are a Movie Maker fan, yeah, make sure to check out next month's Movie Maker, as there is going to be an article about the next, or the top five up-and-coming editors, mm-hmm. written by myself. Awesome. I've ensured that it's worldwide. And I can't give you the list now because it would ruin it for Movie Maker. But uh, I have someone from Ireland, someone oh. from Australia, someone from Canada, and a couple of people from the U.S. Fantastic. That probably makes five if there's two of them. Yes, it does. Yeah, there you go. Now, before we go, yeah, we need to talk about uh, the upcoming app release. Yes. I uh, keep seeing sneak peeks and it looks yes. excellent. Yes, and if you're following... Art of the Guillotine, mm-hmm. as well as Movie Maker Magazine, who just did an interview with me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might see sneak peeks on their webpage or okay. Art of the Guillotine's webpage. As well, if you sign up to Art of the Guillotine, just go to the webpage, punch in your name, punch in your password, or create a password, and your email address, you could win prizes like the Pluralize or Blackmagic Resolve. Or even an iPad. I was going to say, has the iPad been given Last away Last week yet? of August. <gasps> and remember, if you want to get tons of chances to win, then you just have to simply email your friends through our Refer your friends. friends. Refer your friends through our Refer Your Friends system. And then if they actually sign up, they have to sign up. So don't just refer us to your mom and your dad and grandma, but refer us to friends that would actually sign up. Because if they do, then you get an extra ballot in the box. Yeah, but keeping that in mind, I think we should wrap this one up. 
And it, we're going to have another one with the Digital Film Tools founder in a couple days. Mm -hmm. And then Blackmagic's uh, president is going oh, to cool. make a, an appearance. Fantastic. Or Blackmagic CEO is going to make an appearance. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm very <laughs> exhausted because as You're I totally mentioned, totally cutting me off. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, I have been up around the clock working on these apps with uh, Richard, our hero, and so I'm going to have to go to bed soon. You're my hero. And so I would like to thank Bruce Sharp for allowing me to interview him, yep. as well as donating the software we're giving away this week. Awesome. I'd also like to thank Lauren Woodcock, my producer. Um, and that would be a Burkel. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who showed up at the pub night and remind everyone about uh, the pub night coming up. Yeah, do you have a date? Uh, September 8th. But awesome. it's all on the web. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>